Anyone can turn on a microphone to record a podcast, but it takes a lot more to be heard by your target audience. Call the Jones Collective today and talk about your next podcast. We're the one-stop agency to plan, record, edit and upload your podcasts. Thejonescollective.com.au And with everything changing at a rapid rate, podcasts are the perfect way to update your messages to your customers. Let us show you how. Call or text me on 0421 721 782. 0421 721 782. This Talking Property episode is recorded in isolation, where I'm in my home office and Nick Tuney is in his. It's an easy way to comment on the latest news and events. Property today, and I'm with Nick Tuney. To buy or not to buy? That's the question that's creating much debate in the property circles and around the dinner table or Zoom gatherings. So, Nick Tuney joins us to give us his thoughts on buying in a COVID 19 property market. Nick, welcome. Well, first off, is now the right time to buy for first home buyers? Yeah, thanks for having me, Suze. Um, it's a um, it's a very odd time at the moment. I mean, most people are stuck inside their homes, and um, you know, really not doing much else aside from you know surfing the internet and you know doing home workouts, as I always see and I'm participating into. Um, but from a property perspective, <clears throat> there's a few sort of fundamentals that are still tracking on really nicely. You know, like interest rates. Um, you know, they seem to be getting lower and lower. But I guess that's just the way of, you know, trying to incentivise the regular human to go and go and get a mortgage. I probably think that overall, it's. I mean, if you're in a good position to be able to to buy. So, number one, if you've got, you know, a regular regular job and you've, you're still employed and you're confident in your ability to earn money over the next twelve months, then this probably would be the best time in history to buy a property. Um, reasons being, there's a serious lack of um, buyers on the market at the moment. There's um, obviously the interest rates are super low. Sellers are open to negotiation, I think more so than than um, all the last couple of years. Um, if you look on um, at all the results from an auction perspective, I think they're down to, well, I think last week I checked, they were about 30% for Melbourne um, and about 40% for, for Sydney. But looking into that a little bit deeper, you find that there was about seven or 800 properties withdrawn from auction. So, you know, that's probably, you know, due to lack of interest. Um, it's probably due to, you know, no buyers going through obviously at open homes and possibly, you know, less agents selling at the moment given, you know, people are losing their jobs. So there's a few fundamentals that have sort of shifted in the last, uh, last month. It's been pretty quick. Interesting, Nick. So what about then the different sectors you were talking about? Let's go to the first home buyers. Now, investors, they may have been spooked with all the um, talk of that six-month moratorium happening. So you'd think then that for the first home buyer, it's an ideal time? Yeah, for a first home buyer, um, I definitely say it's a good time. They're still getting all their benefits. So they're still getting their first home buyer's grants. Um, and yeah, you're right. Investors probably have been scared off a little bit in a certain, to a certain respect. Um, there, there would be still investors and I've been talking to a few investors that say, you know, this is probably a, a fantastic time to buy. So I don't think overall investors are out, 
but I think your your regular, you know, mum and dad investor, I call them, you know, they're probably sitting back just going, well, let's let's wait and see and see what happens. So the next six months are going to be um, really good for first home buyers. The competition's a hell of a lot lower. Um, there wouldn't be, you know, there's no one turning up to auctions. They're all done online. So there'd be less participation. There'd be less, um, I'd say, competition even on those online type auctions. And um, first home buyers have, have got a bit of a bit of a choice. Of those auctions, though, that I mentioned before, the average price in Melbourne that sold last weekend was about $780,000. Um, and for Sydney, it was 1.15. So that's it's sort of in the lower brackets of where where a lot of the buyers are looking at at the moment. It's not typically uh, you know your your family moving into a home and spending you know typically the average you know million dollars in Melbourne and one point eight to two million dollars in Sydney. So I think it's definitely a great time for these first home buyers to really get their foot in the property market. You also mentioned about the lenders being hungry at the moment. Um, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, lenders are hungry. I reckon I've I've received about I don't know twenty five or thirty emails in the last couple of weeks from either yeah indirect messages on on LinkedIn, um, being approached on Facebook, um, you know text messages from from lenders that I know. They're wanting business, um, and they're you know they've probably got a little bit more time to actually you know lift the level of service and help a lot of people and be a little bit more creative in the in the um, you know, in the loan finding um, world, it's been it's been something that has obviously taken over a lot of media in the last you know two years with with what happened. Um, but I think now more so than ever, yeah, they're going to be more competitive. They're probably going to be competitive against each other. So again, if you're looking for a, a very very good deal, this again would be the best time. So I'm not sure how many people are out there actually looking and and. Um, and have got their loans approved, but I'd definitely be putting the um, feelers out and at least trying to get a pre-approval in this market. Nick, you mentioned that a lot of property has been withdrawn from the market because of the uncertainty. So there is a little bit of a shortage of stock to what it normally would be, say this time last year. Does that mean that sellers are more willing to negotiate because of the market, because they're there, because they really do have to sell? Yeah. So with, with the, with, when I say withdrawn, they were withdrawn from, from auction. So not necessarily withdrawn from the from the market itself. So what that's going to do, that's going to create, you know, a hell of a lot more private sales. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, more fixed price uh, negotiations. So buyers will be online, they'll be looking and searching on properties and seeing, you know, an actual fixed price as opposed to a range and a future auction date. So that means it puts the buyers in a much better position because they know that basically that that would be close to the rock bottom of of where the the vendors looking at selling at or, or thereabouts. Um, or it's realistic to what's sold in the area over the last couple of months. So it gives a buyer a really good position to be able to negotiate. And yes, um, obviously, if something's withdrawn from auction um, or it's been passed in, obviously it hasn't met the vendor's reserve. So they would have to get their um, interest in line very quickly in order to um, affect a sale. And if they're in a position where they have to sell, then they're going to be more inclined to, um, to be open for offers a lot sooner than what they normally would be. Also, we're hearing that there could be uh, an influx of rental properties on the market because you've got the Airbnbs that are putting their places up for full-time rental. You've got the people that have lost their jobs having to go back, um, the younger ones perhaps move in with mum and dad. Do you see that that whole change in that property cycle? This would probably be an easy way out of this question. I reckon it's too early to tell from that, from that perspective. 
I think after this six-month moratorium sort of over and the reality hits a lot of the, the landlords and a lot of the tenants, um, then we'll see a lot more uh, go on the market because from what I can see in the media and also a lot of uh, property managers and senior property managers putting posts on their on their websites uh, and on social media, you can see that they're a little bit worried that they're getting a lot of messages from tenants about you know not being able to pay and but also they're sort of then flipped around the the tenants aren't being able to be evicted for this six months so i'm not sure whether we're going to see the full brunt of, of what's going on until that period is over nick we always talk about property cycles and it's not something you go into property for the short term but for the long term to read the cycle and this is certainly uh, an interesting part of the cycle that we'll look back in history uh where do you see as far as the people that have already bought off the plan apartments and will be settling in the next few months or even next year? Um, you know, it's important that they keep their commitments and perhaps keep the negotiation going too. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely in that boat. I mean, being from uh, the off the plan market, I've got I've got quite a number of apartments due to settle this year, um, and I've got my fingers and toes crossed and legs crossed and everything else crossed that that they do settle. Um, but from what I've heard from a lot of the people that have bought and are due to settle in the next sort of you know four to eight weeks, they've got their finance in order. Um, you know they've had a long time to prepare for this anyway, so in some respects they've got you know more than the ten percent in the bank if need be. I would be more worried about. You know, people that are, you know, possibly have lost their job um, and have just committed to something like this, where these ones that are settling now were probably sold, you know, maybe sometimes two to three, sometimes even four years ago. So they've enjoyed a little bit of a little bit of growth over that period of time, and so I think they're less exposed. Now, Nick, you mentioned at the start that uh, you've been doing some exercises and those that have followed you on social media have certainly been inspired. Uh, tell us a bit about that uh, area of your life. I started a, a fitness challenge about, what was it, I think July last year, and I called it FAF uh, 2020, which I'll give you the PG-rated version, which is um, Fit at 40. So I'm turning 40 in October and I want it to be the fittest I've ever been. So that's been going really well. I'm really focused on it. I've got a great home gym, bought myself a sauna and um, I'm living the vegan lifestyle. So doing a lot of the plant-based type of eating. So that's been, um, yeah, it's been a big game changer for me. So I feel, I feel amazing um, and it's given me really good clear headspace to be able to focus on some other things that I'm interested in life as well. So yeah, no, it's, um, it's been really, really enjoyable. Nick, if people want to get in touch with you, where do they find you? Well, I'm at my house most of the time. <laughs> but aside from that, you can find me on uh, mainly on Instagram. And it's NIC underscore Tuni, C-U-N-I, um, or on Facebook, Nick Tuni. So they're, they're the two main ones. Um, I do use LinkedIn a fair bit as well. Um, and yeah, I'm always contactable. I, I respond to you know 99% of the messages unless it's spam. So yeah, if anyone wants to reach out, if you've got any questions about fitness or property, I'd love love to hear from you. Thanks again, Nick.